Welcome to View from the Pool. I'm your host, Robin McLaughlin. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by Dean and Phil. And they can fill you in in their second names, but both these guys run a, a company called DP Leisure. So good morning, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, good morning, Robin. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's a, you know, Saturday morning just shows you that leisure never sleeps, does it really? No, we're fully committed in leisure and that could be one of two ways. Should be in prison or <laughs> we're totally committed to the job. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Okay, listen, let's get down to Botsies here. Um, introduction. Get, let, let me have both. You. Dean, let's start with you. Get, tell me who you are and, and what, what you do currently. Yeah, so... Um... I'm Dean Bolton, and uh, I've been in the leisure industry now for uh, 18 years. Um, started off quite nicely as a casual lifeguard, worked my way up in, uh, into the leisure uh, career, um, saw a, an opportunity for management that uh, eventually came up and, uh, and, and took it. And then, um, as me and Phil will probably explain later on, is uh, we now run our own training and development company, um, specialising in the leisure industry. And that's what we do day in, day out. Good man yourself, Dean. So Dean Bolton, right. Now, Phil, what's your second name? And tell me a bit about yourself. Yeah, hi. Uh, my name's Phil Whitesell. Um, I've been in the leisure industry for about 25 years now. So I was back in the 1900s when I started. Um, yeah, it, uh, it feels like a very long time ago, especially when uh, some of the leisure attendants that we've got coming through now well, weren't even born when I started. So that, that's kind of frightening. Um, very similar to Dean, I started off as a, a casual lifeguard. Um, I was doing, um, I was in the building trade for for a while, and um, and just for a little bit of extra cash, I, you know, I decided to do a bit of lifeguarding. You know, fair swimmer, and uh, I thought actually this this is all right. You know, I, I, I actually really like this. So uh, full time position came up, and um, yeah, uh, I was lifeguarding for about a year. And um, they offered me a, a management post, um, so um, became health and fitness manager. So I kind of moved away from the pool environment, but um, um, it was always destined to go back because um, I then got transferred to a swimming pool and uh, became centre manager of a pool. And, uh, and this is where Dean and I's path sort of rejoined again because uh, that's where he was working. And, um, yeah, it was um, – yeah, a long time ago, but uh, yeah, and then we um, set up the business um, a few years ago, and um, we've been going from strength to strength. Okay, uh, okay. So we're obviously going to dig back into some of what you both told me, um, but at least I, I have a bit of an understanding now. You know, obviously a journey there from a casual lifeguard to company owners. Let's face it, entrepreneurs, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So let, let's have let's start at the, where we are now. Let's start DP Leisure. Maybe between the two of you, you can give me a bit of an outline. What who DP Leisure are? How long you've been going? And sort of what's your core business? And what keeps you busy and active all the time? Um, yeah, so um, <clears throat> we've been trading now for around about three years. Um, an opportunity came up for me and Phil to uh, uh, do our own little thing on the side of where we currently work. Um, or our existing employer, and um, we mainly specify in pool plant. Mm. Um, that's kind of our, our trade at the moment. Uh, for some reason, it's gone stupidly busy at the moment with, with pool plant in particular. Um, people aren't wanting to run. Thank you, COVID. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we do all the pool plant qualifications, which is kind of our specialist, but we also do things like health and safety, 
Um, and my favourite part of the business is the consultation part, which is uh, the development of sites, PSOPs, risk assessments, poor technical operating plans um, and things like that. That's kind of my specialist. Uh, but Phil's is more Paul Plant. Yep. But, yeah, we pretty much do everything, Robin. Um, every- what was the trigger? Like, you know what? You know, I know for me, whenever I set up my company, there, there was there was a couple of triggers that just I nearly had no choice. That's just what was going to yeah. happen. Did you have anything like that, or was it like sitting over a beer on a Friday night? No, we can do this. No, I mean, or how did what, what was the trigger? So funny enough, it was actually our uh, senior manager, um, centre uh, manager at the time. Yeah. Um, we, we was we was running all these courses on behalf of our our employer, so we was running pool park courses externally. And I sat next to Phil one day and I looked at Phil and I said, have you seen how much income the organisation's made out of the three days training that we just did? And I've got a little snippet of, of the actual income and, you know, the turnover, et cetera, for that course. So Phil said, oh, you know, we, we really haven't got time to do things on our own, you know. And then our old senior manager heard our conversation, popped her head around the corner and said, you boys should do this on your own. So we kind of looked at each other and thought, nah, this, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Is she and, having a laugh with us or something? Yeah. yeah. And she was the one that actually said, go out and create DP Leisure. So that was your, that was your employer? Yeah, that was our senior that manager. Yeah, Absolutely. She was, yeah, she was yeah. brilliant. She, um, Yeah, I think I've met her, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, she's yeah. very... Um, but that that's really, really, really heartening to hear that someone saw something in you and a little spark and said, lads, give it a whirl. That's maybe just obviously what you needed just to give you that little boost it to give it a go because i suppose it's like every business everybody thinks own your own company oh the glamour like me flying all over the place the glamorous lifestyle god isn't me bollocks flipping <laughs> it's a nightmare yeah. sitting in airports so but it's the same we're running a business isn't it where people think oh well they'll be buying their big fancy teslas now etc 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 it always looks much more glamorous than it actually is but it is a big step for anybody to take. And I, I suppose there was a bit of strength in two of you being together. Would that be a fair comment? Yeah, I mean, uh, Diane, she, uh, she's very driven. And, uh, and that's why she really pushed us to, uh, to develop DP Leisure. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite laid back. But Dean is very, very similar to that. He's, he's, the, he's the driving force. And then he lets me know when we've got the courses coming up and then I'll pre-prepare and so on. But, um, yeah, like you say, it's, it's not a glamorous life at all. You know, people don't see the background work that goes into it, the research, mm. and um, hard, hard. and even yeah, yeah. Uh, Dean. I mean, you're what, still emailing at yeah. 10, 11 o'clock at night at times. It's a side business, so you know we've also got employment elsewhere. But um, again, it's as you said, taking that leap of faith. Do we do it? Mm. Not just yet to go full time. We enjoy it too much. We don't want it to become a job. No, I mean our current employer. Uh, they've been brilliant. You know, they've uh, really allowed us to. Um, access to uh, to do this and uh, you know they could have been you know a little bit unhappy but um you know it has actually really worked out well because all the experiences that dean and i are now gaining you know throughout the whole of the country where we're traveling all over the place you know we're feeding that back to our employer and uh, you know some of the good ideas with again we're implementing and doing a little bit more research but also you know some of the little tragic stories that you hear and uh, where uh, services aren't as good as what you think you know it just emphasizes how good some of the places that we work at are, are actually um you know as, as good as what we hope they are there was no conflict of interest obviously with with your employer which is brilliant 
And they saw the benefit of, of exactly what you were describing about going out into the field and, and picking up more information that you could bring back to help run your own your own facilities, etc. And it kind of smacks to me of, of a lot of the conversations I've had with Quest assessors mm. who have gone out and been going around, you know, they got involved in Quest reluctantly sometimes, maybe not so others, and went to new facilities, had a look around and went, God, you know what, I'm having a bit of that. That's a great idea. And bringing it back and implementing it. And that, to me, that, I'm kind of getting the sense that that's what you guys, that's what you bring back to, to your, your employer. Absolutely. Um, I was um, lucky enough to do a Quest internal assessors uh, qualification many years ago. Okay. So, because um, right. you know, both, uh, well, uh, Castle Point Borough Council, who we work for, uh, wanted us to have the uh, Quest accreditation. And uh, we went from almost nothing in place to Quest accreditation in six months. You know, it's, uh, it was it was never been done before. And, and that was because of the drive that we had. And, um, and again, having organisations that had experience in this coming to us, auditing and providing us with guidance. So I latched on to that, exactly what you're saying, uh, Robin. You know, they're, they're, they're picking out the, the best bits from all over the country and then feeding it back to us. So that's kind of what we do now. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for us. Okay, you know, well, my line of business, obviously, I have a lot of dealings with a lot of different pools around the country, etc. And what, what interests me in what you guys are doing and your local authority is, this is maybe just a, a, a broad brush stroke and it maybe isn't fair, but it's what I see from the outside looking in. But I see a lot of, let's call it the old traditional local authorities, are very, very stuck in their old ways and don't very often look outside the boundary. Yeah, yeah. You know, as in look over the fence. Now, Castle Point is certainly not one of those. And I'm suggesting quite a lot. Of, I'm sure there's others that do things like you do, but the quest going out and having a look around and involving DP Leisure can only broaden the horizons of that particular local authority. Where some of the authorities that I go to, and I'm not going to name names, but when I go along to some of these places, and, and sometimes it's quite regional. It's I remember one in particular I said about a lifeguard zone visibility test, and they hadn't a clue what I was talking about. Yeah, it's a shame. And I, and I said, do, do you guys ever go to conferences? Do you ever you know, talk to your neighboring council? And the answer was like, just no, 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 no. This is the way it's always been. Now, I'd like to think that that's on the decline as far as local authority goes, but certainly you guys are in a, in a certain bunch and you're in an element at the minute where there's quite a lot of local authorities seem to be you know, stepping up to the mark. Because it, it must be hard being a local authority or a, a leisure trust when you don't have that network around you. Uh, so it, it interests me in, in how you guys are, are doing this. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you, you're quite right. Um when I first started, um, you know, Castle Point was um, uh, pretty much a closed off to, um, to suggestions, etc., uh, of developing. Uh, I'm not too sure why it changed and how it changed, but, um, you know, in, the, in recent years, probably in the last 10 to 15 years, um, Castle Point doesn't only look over the fence, but it smashed the fence down. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're really proactive in... Uh, I can't, you know, I can't have an opinion on all the departments within the borough, but um, yeah. But with us, it's it's always been very forward thinking. You know, we was lucky enough to get the Olympics uh, in two thousand twelve here with the mountain bike event. 
that uh, that allowed us to um, refurbish the facilities. So there's been a lot of investment, and you know the the guys that have been in charge of all of that have done an amazing job, and and it, and it still continues now. You know, obviously this is how we could, you know we're now talking to you. It's because we got Paul View Plus. Uh, so again, that's another forward thinking, um, outward look. So uh, yeah, brilliant. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just to put that into context for your own benefit, um, somebody asked me not so long ago, why don't you do very much work in a local authority? And my answer was, I couldn't be arsed, mm-hmm. which sounds yeah. really awful. There's quite a lot of local authorities are very, very difficult to get into, and, and it's very much closed doors and, and the barriers are up. But what I have noticed, certainly in the last 18 months, that there's a lot more facil- you know, a lot more local authorities like yourself who are looking outside the box, and and that's great to see. And again, I'm referring back to DP Leisure, the, the, just the very concept of what you guys do and are allowed to do that, I think tells you a lot about Castle Point. So that, that's a that's a bonus. You mentioned to me there um, you, you specialised in, in, in the plant, et cetera. Like, what, give me an idea. Give me a flavour. What was your – let's say, what was your first job you did once you'd set out on your own? What was it? Oh my god! Um, can't remember. Uh, no, I can't remember. Wow! Oh, oh yes. Yeah, we we did a. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've been sparkling. That's so, that's really funny. <laughs> uh, we did a uh, first aid at work um, course uh, for an insurance company in London, and um, a big uh, multi international uh, organisation. And um, yeah, and that's that's kind of where it started. Mm. We were very um, very fortunate that uh, an ex member of staff who we used to manage uh, at the leisure centre, she moved on to go and do uh, like accounting in in this insurance company. And obviously, someone in the office said, "Oh, do you guys know anyone that does first aid?" And she gave us a call. And um, yeah, we went up there and we got a nice little contract with them now that we manage all their uh, first aid provision at their sites and um, and things like that. And it just stemmed from there, really. So you, you obviously had been building up your qualifications to allow you to deliver first aid at work. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we started off with the RLSS um, and we built our catalogue up with uh, various different qualifications. Um, one of the first things... That- well, so, sorry to butt in again. Was that, a, was, that a, was that a conscious decision? Did you kind of have an inkling of where you were going to go or was this just... Were you kind of like a lot of people I talk to that just bag these things and go, do you know what? I'm going to do this course. I'm going to do that course. And all of a sudden you realize you've got a bucket load of qualifications under your arm. Yeah. I mean, it was quite funny how it actually came about again, going back to our old senior manager. um, My job role slightly changed. Uh, I was duty manager and um, I was getting in a stagnant position. You know, I I didn't have much area responsibility, you know, doing the same mundane thing all the time and um, had a, had a uh, PDP review with her for, um, for a little while and, and sort of said to her, I'm stagnant. I don't know what to do. And she said, you know, well, have you thought about training? So I thought, oh, uh, thought about it, but, yeah, I didn't think you'd even mention it. And um, she got, literally gave me six months and says, get any qualification, tutor's qualification you want, and um, as long as you work on behalf of the council, so, you you know, you take all the first aid courses for the council, uh, council workers, you take the MPLQ on going training, etc. And I said to her, "That's not a one-man band." Unfortunately, I said, "You know, we've got two leisure centres plus the council. Can't be done on my own." And then that's when I said, "Phil," said to Phil on a Monday morning, "Phil, what you're doing on Wednesday?" And he said, "Oh, nothing." So I said, "You're on a TA's course," <laughs> and that's how it kind of went. Yeah, 
and you're with me and you've yeah. got to share a room. Don't say to everything. Again, this is, it's, I hear this sort of, this similar stories right the way throughout that people kind of fall into these different roles um, by luck. That's right. But the ones that make it are obviously destined and, and good at what they're doing. Uh, so it's it's interesting that that it, it was something that was unplanned. Basically, I think is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and so that was first aid. Can we talk about the, the, the plant side of things? How did you start to learn about the plant side of? I mean, because the plant is is a minefield. Oh my god! Yeah. Was that again something that just slowly developed over the years until you became experts? Because you you became experts in your own pool. Um, and then there was a catalyst to let's go out and, and learn how to deliver plant operators courses or whatever. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, um, you know, we, we become extremely familiar with uh, with the pool plants at uh, our two facilities. But um, I, I can't classify myself as being an expert because I'm still learning so much. You know, an expert is someone, in, in my mind, is, is someone who knows it all and, you know, there isn't any more to learn. So... Um, you know, I love um, going to um, uh, other venues and seeing what kind of facilities they've got, how they actually work with it. And, um, you know, they might have the same um, dosing pH correction as us, but it, it's set up in a completely different way. So it's, it's we're forever learning. Um, but um, how we got into it was, um, was again, through Dean mm. uh, contacting mm. the STA. And um, he was he was looking at new qualifications that – uh, both he and I could uh, potentially deliver, and uh, and he noticed that there was a new qualification came out called um, pool plant operations. So he made some inquiries, and it was a brand new syllabus at the time, uh, which was developed by a chap called Richard Lamburn. Lamburn, yeah, yeah, and uh, lovely guy. Swim England, yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, and, uh, um, there was three guys on the on the course, and um, we invited him to uh, to Waterside and um, we had to do some presentations and express um, knowledge of pool plant operations and so forth and um, you know we we did a presentation and he turned around and said do you know what guys I'd be absolutely honoured for you to be tutors and I was like I was really taken back by yeah. that it really it really sort of were you looking around yeah, yeah. talking to <laughs> and what it was, it was the terminology that he used. And I thought, actually, we might be quite good at doing this. And uh, so well, we ran some courses. He then came down because we were still probationary. And, um, yeah, he was over the moon. And, and of course, Daniel, um, you know, Richard then left and uh, uh, Luke then took over. And uh, we was, you know, we've got very good uh, links with the STA, especially with Luke. And, um, you know, we feed back information to him all the time. You know, it's uh, it's almost like we got him on – well, Dean has. He's yeah. got him on speed dial, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know <laughs> speed dial one. Yeah. Luke says, you know, I'm not being funny, uh, Dean. It's like five in the morning. Yeah, well, I've been working since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's, he's great because he does take our calls all the time. And uh, But then it's it's the honour as well of, um, you know, when, when we first had contact with Luke, it was a case of, right, you know, I need, I'm, I'm looking to uh, completely revamp a new pool plant syllabus. I need your help with it. So, you know, we was liaising with the STA, helping them develop the new pool plant syllabus, and we was piloting a lot of their courses 
uh, for them. We've piloted quite a few for them. Yeah. Um, but it's an honour to be part of that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so you you run uh, PPO courses, basically. Yeah. 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 That uh, sorry, I don't mean that's all you do, but that's really was was one of your ends to what you're doing now was uh, organizing pool plant operator courses. That's yeah? correct. Yes. My next question then is, how the bloody hell did you guys learn all about pool water quality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Because that is a black art. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't got a clue, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Oh, what it is, it's, it's really simple. You walk out into pool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> you really dip your simple. finger in the water and give it a lick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got yeah. it right today. Yeah. It's 7.2 there. We're yeah. okay. um, again, it's, um, it's knowing your own pool plant and expecting those skills on that. And then the more that we go out, I mean, to give you an idea, um, I was talking to one of our clients who lives out by Norwich and she was asking me lots of questions about alkalinity. And um, I said, so, you know, what, what is the source water where you are? She, she happened to mention, she was like, 400, nearly 500. I was like, what? You know, I know it's really high where we are. It's over 300 parts per million. And um, I said, what's your pH like? And she said it was, it's like eight point something. I was like, oh my God. And when I first started uh, pool water testing, uh, was, you know, as part of your balanced water, you test the, um, uh, your source water. And yeah. And I could guarantee without even looking at it, it would be 7.8. But now, because the way the Water Board have invested money into the infrastructure, water's been piped all over the country, uh, apart from Norwich. (laughs) (laughs) You know, now it fluctuates. I could see uh, 7.5 to 7.6, but it doesn't really climb much higher than that. But over in Norwich, and again, different regions and and how things affect pool plant, et cetera. uh, And I find that fascinating. Uh, so it's, it's all to me. It's all about learning. Um, you know, we did a, a course uh, a week or so ago, which uh, we ended up in Brighton for, and um, you know, listening to the stories about you know what the recommendations that that these these three groups have been given, and they're asking me saying, you know, how often do you shock dose your pool? And I was like, well, I don't. And they went, why? I said, well, why do I need to? And I uh, said, well, we do it on a weekly basis. I said, really? And all throughout the course, they were complaining that they can't get their pH down. And um, I was like, really? Okay. So, it's, you know, why is this? And I investigate, dig deeper, dig deeper. And they were shocked hosting their pools to like 20 parts per million. I was like, why on earth are you doing that? You know, and it's things like that, you know, why people are doing crazy things, which has a knock-on effect to so many different areas. and um, So it's yeah. uh, it's continuous learning, basically, is, is where you've gathered your, your expertise. Absolutely. yeah. Because I was going to, there's two things I was going to say to you there. Um, one was about expertise, that it, it always takes somebody else, I think, to come in and tell you, you know what, you're an expert. You don't actually realize how much you know. And there's a particular gentleman in, in, in the industry that I'm in and just went, you know what, you're, you're an expert in drowning detection. And I went, yeah, right. Blah, blah, blah. And he says, well, hang on, you have to think about it. What is it you know that nobody else knows? And blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So after I burst the size of my head and brought myself back <laughs> down again, I was actually, I was thinking about in general, but, and I've sat and listened to people at conferences sometimes. Um, and I'm not just talking about in, in, in my field, but 
And you go, what the bloody hell is he talking about? And that's a load of bullshit. And it, sometimes it's because we don't have the confidence ourselves to stand up and go, you know, that guy is just, he, he, he hasn't a clue. Mm-hmm. Whereas this continual improvement. Um, and the other thing is, is, is being still constantly in the loop. Yeah. But the second thing I was going to say to you is, do you have the same effect at dinner parties as I would have <laughs> when you start talking about water and <laughs> you know, the chemical analysis People of it? You know, does it you. Just, yeah. yeah, it just kills a party. D- depends what dinner parties you go to, Robin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not that we ever get to them anymore, but back in the day, you know, it was if I was ever in company I hadn't been with before, and they said, oh, and, and what is it you do? Whereas now I just say, I work in swimming pools. Yeah, yeah. we you know, Rather than killing it. I have been known to kind of take take them over and talk about the whole virtues of how people drown, why they drown, what it looks like, and all this sort of shit <laughs> at a dinner party when sp- people are supposed to be happy and having fun. <laughs> so I can imagine you guys doing the same thing, talking about 200 parts per million, this, that, and yeah. the other, and everybody just glazing over. Yeah. I, I, I live on my own, and I eat dinner on my own. So, right. yeah. I know how <laughs> the conversation goes. And I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? All joking aside, I remember, um, I think it was an old ISRM conference when they existed uh, in Birmingham at one point, and the guys from um, HTH, I still call it HTH, the guys from HTH, the Brian Tyler's the word and the Stevie Gallagher's, etc. And there was somebody from Scotland, Dryden, Aqua, and all. Listen, there was a whole pile of them, and I came down and sat with them. There was somebody about 12 of them sat in amongst them all. And they started this conversation. And within about, I would say, 120 seconds i was lost i hadn't a clue <laughs> what they were talking about it was like a completely different language you know well, and it was kind of that's like having a conversation with phil <laughs> that's cold. that is so hot. okay you probably want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we all have our strengths don't yeah. we, we, all have our we strengths. do so right that, so that's pool plant covered and, and water etc what other training do you want to do maybe that's a good question the next thing that we want to do yeah. Oh, I don't um, know, actually. I haven't thought about that, actually. I think, I think oh, well, we, we, we kept so busy kind of doing what we're doing at the moment um, that what we're actually doing is actually working out pretty good. So we don't really need to start delving into uh, into anything else, really, at the moment. Um, as I said, the pool plant has become extremely popular. Um, I mean, I think we've run about 10 courses in the last Listen. six weeks, maybe, you know, seven weeks or so. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff that we do apart from the teaching. I mean, we do go and do some consultancy work. Uh, so we do uh, go to uh, a vast amount of different sites, um, implementing Legion control, Legionella control programs. Um, you know, we do their temperature checks. We do uh, Legionella inspections. We do flush through programs. We do quite a lot. Um, and as I said earlier, my favourite one is is the development of policies and procedures. Um, so I'm quite like the heads down on the mm. computer type of person, whilst Phil's more of the uh, the outgoing, delivering all the courses uh, for our company. Um, but that that's that's my passion. That's my passion. So it's um, STA pool plant operators courses and policy and procedures. So you one you, you seem to be just a good partnership. One balances off the yeah. other yeah. and bounces off the other, rather than one being more specialist than the other. So okay, I kind of threw you there with wh- where are you going next. What what I do want to ask you now is COVID and the pandemic and pool shutting down and reawakening, let's just say, has that given you quite a bit of business? Yeah, it's, it's really, um, it's almost been like a tsunami of, of, um, of information, or on inquiries, I should say, sorry. Um, I mean, poor Dean, I mean, he's uh, he's been inundated. Um, you know, that's the beauty about 
our relationship is that I'm front of house doing the entertaining and uh, and Dean's beavering along in the background. <laughs> and uh, I'm quite happy with this uh, arrangement. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's inquiry after inquiry. Um, and it, it sounds really strange, but uh, COVID has, has, for our industry, has done us a huge favour in some respects because all the guidance which is coming out um, as as school own, as swim school owners or um, schools in, in general are starting to read the guidance, they're, they're saying, actually, we don't have this in place at all in the first place. Mm. So, um, you know, it has prompted uh, organisations, whether it be small or medium or large, to, uh, to take stock of what they're not actually providing. But the thing is, there's so much guidance out there. I mean, STA in particular, there are obviously other uh, governing bodies and awarding organisations, but there's so much guidance out there for people to, you know, download this guidance completely, th- uh, completely yeah. free. HSE um, are brilliant. Yeah, and yeah. and the thing that I wouldn't say irritates me, but the thing that does keep me up to eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night, is you'll get an email and it'll be a question uh, about restarting their pool plant, and it's like you do realise there is actually guidance for this. If you if you went on this website, you know, you can find it and. And the thing is, because everything's now quick, you know, very quick to hand, people get their mobile phone, they quickly open up Messenger, they quickly open up, and it's just so easy for someone to type and ask a question in hope that they get a response straight away. Um, when it's all on the website, it's all on the computer. Yeah. it's. I think it's human nature. I've had this conversation a few times about instant gratification, yeah. to use, use a word like that, that people just expect you know, it's like you know, I use Facebook a lot for business and, and bits and pieces, you know, and, and some of the other little things I'm into. I'll throw one up at you, for example. I, I, I do a lot of photography and um, I'm, you know, I've got far too many bloody cameras and film cameras and all sorts of stuff. But I also fly drones, <laughs> but I fly, I fly drones for making films. So we use them instead of uh, like a, 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 a dolly crane, if you like, yeah. for a film yeah. shot. So we use a drone. So. You know, I throw it up, up high the odd time, but generally it's twenty feet up, and that's about it. It's used as a, 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 it's there for a particular reason. So I joined it. You know, stuck my head in one of these user groups on on Facebook. The number of times that you get just bought a drone, what do you do? And then nobody reads the instructions, yeah. or nobody does their own research. They want an instant yeah. answer. Well, you press this button, you do this, that, and the other. So I think that's exactly what you've just described. That that would bug the life out of me if you've spent. Like weeks writing up a procedure. Yeah. I'm about to close down my swimming pool because of COVID. These are your procedures, and that they just lift the phone and ask yeah. you. It must be difficult not to swear on occasions like that. Oh, I swear, all right. No, I don't <laughs> um, no but you, you, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. You know, people want things very quickly, and um, they also want their hands held. Yeah, that's the problem as well. I've talked about this several times with different people in the industry, and I think the guys that look after the pool plants in particular have have really pulled together and stepped up to the mark with this because let's face it if you shut your pool down once every three years to drain it maybe four fix a few tiles or to you know well back in my day it was you bucked all the hydrochloric acid all around yeah. the place in your bare feet <laughs> ppe what <laughs> um and, and that that's what happened that got rid of the athlete's feet <laughs> <laughs> but, but so it was. It's it's alien to close a pool down to mothball a pool. So I can understand during the the panic, if you like, that set in in the in the first lockdown. But I was also aware, very very aware, of the number of people working throughout the country on proper procedures for shutdowns. Mm. But 
I'm probably like you. You still hear the horror stories. Of course. Of course. I went to- you know, I had a pool. You know, the, the, the boys empty the pool just because they think that's going to save them money. Yeah. yeah. Not realizing the consequences of having to refill it. And, and once they stuck their tails all back in the wall again. Yeah. And they don't have a discharge certificate either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, we've we've been very fortunate where where we work. We've we've had to drain our pools uh, a few times, only for maintenance and things like that, not because of outbreaks and stuff. Um, so I mean, we, we've probably shut down pools seven, eight, nine times yeah. for a long period um, at our site. So experience, then exactly. Experience. It all comes back to experience. Um, it really does. But um, again, it's it's knowing the little hints and tips in relation to reopening and closing of the pools. Um, you know, we was at a pool last week running a, a pool plant course and, uh, you know, we went down their plant room and uh, they've got their UV still running. So I said, oh, just out of curiosity, I said, how come's your, you know, your UV's still running? Oh, we've been leaving it running since the day we shut down. Da, 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 da. And I said, well, you do realise those lamps are now going to, you know, going to need replacing, which is going to be X amount of £100 to, to replace. You know, yeah. Why don't you just switch it off and save all your amp, uh, lamp hours? So it's all knowing little Hints, uh, you know, hints and tips um, like that, really. And I think that's probably why Castle Point Borough Council keep us here, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but we keep it all up here. <laughs> Saving them a fortune. Yeah, because yeah, it's uh, – listen, I'll tell you a little funny story about uh, emptying a pool. I used to work in um, Scotland for uh, six years, I think, in Scotland. Uh, and I came back to my hometown here. And there was an old pool that was built in the late 60s, early 70s. It was one of those ones with a beautiful reception area, which was the tiny little square hole in the wall. Do you remember those, right? So it was just a little square, and you put your money on it. That's what it was. Um, And it actually got blown up because it was right opposite the the court um, in this little town, and the IRA put a bomb in, you know, a, a car bomb, and... On the plus side, we got new squash courts out of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I do remember coming back and I'd saying to this guy, who um, we, we had the empty at Christmas, let's just say, and I said, look, I went down, obviously new pool, never seen it before. We, it, it, well, it was costing fortunes just in too many different ways, so I was starting to poke my nose into it, and I said, look, let's start emptying this baby. Um, give me a ring when it's empty. And he said, yeah, no problem. So I off a walk down to the pub for a beer or whatever. <laughs> And there was no mobile phones in those days. I got tracked down yeah. 90 minutes later, and it was this pool's empty. No. <laughs> and this pool basically had it had a, a drain pipe that would have been, I think it was something like three foot wide. It was just, <laughs> and, it, and it just pumped it all into the local river. Because <laughs> that's, that's the way it was oh, yeah. back, back in the day. <laughs> And I went, never mind dropping it an inch an hour. It just whump. And I went into the pool and I stood in the middle of the pool hall, in the middle of the pool, and all you could hear was just... <laughs> all the tires cracking oh, up the no. wall. So that, that was an experience, you know. But it's one of those funny stories. You can laugh about it now, but it, at the time, you know, it was like my jaw hit the floor. But it was... But it took me a long time to actually understand that you can't really dump... Not many tons of water into the no, river I mean, with the fish. We've, we've heard of um, of stories where um, you know these centres they're, they're draining their main pool and um, they've not notified the water board and they've not got a discharge certificate, etc. And they was wondering why the water board van was going up and down the road, <laughs> um, trying to find out if there was a leak somewhere. 
And, uh, it was just because the leisure centre didn't obviously inform them that, you know, they're going to be dumping X amount of water and topping it back up again with a fire hydrant. Um, yeah, they got that water for free. Listen, there's a book in all of us, I think, because there's that yeah. many funny stories. Because I forget about all these until I'm talking to you, because I haven't <laughs> thought about that for years and years and years, about just this noise of standing in the middle of the pool. I mean, we love those um, those training videos. Uh, I think it was a series called The British Empire. Oh, that me. Brilliant. Love The British Legendary. Empire. Legendary. I mean, we call it training videos because as as crazy as that, it, you know every episode was... We've dealt with it. You can pretty much relate to it. I think the ISRM put, or somebody put something out at one point about actually using the British did. Empire tapes. Because I actually bought that. Um, because I was a big fan of, of, of the show. I mean, I was yeah. that guy. I mean, I wore the standard uniform, you know, That's the grey slacks, the white shirt and the, and the blazer. <laughs> Think, thinking yeah. I was a killer. You know, look at me, lads. <laughs> and, but some of them were just so ridiculous. The lost property. Yeah. Stuff like that about the, the paperwork you had to fill in to That's retrieve it. a tie. You know, it was just absolutely yeah. brilliant. When I was actually filming that, um, funny enough, I've got actually one of the actors um, on, on actual Facebook as a, as a friend on there. Yeah. Oh, right. And um, and he did actually say that they used to have a uh, duty manager um, in leisure on shift. And when they're filming certain scenes, they used to ask the duty manager, this is an idea we've got about a scene. Would this potentially happen? And every time it was, yes, it would. Or it was, yeah, we've dealt with that before. So uh, that's how we can relate to it so yeah. well. It's not that far from the truth. Yeah. This is where I'm taking it now is back to your lifeguarding days and, you know, how you get into it. Because, you know, back in the day when I was a lifeguard, I mean, it, we were just wild. Anything, everything was fair game. I mean, health and Enough. safety didn't exist. I remember setting up, we used to set up the archery bosses. Yeah. And you would nearly, you know, you'd nearly be trying to talk to one of your mates about, go on, stand there yeah, in front of that, ar- yeah. stand in front of that boss and I'll have, have a whack at this. I, I'll not hit you, I promise. <laughs> They're no longer with us. <laughs> And you think about it now and you go, oh, my God, I can't yeah. believe we used to do that. Probably a lot of stuff that we can't really talk about yeah, on this podcast. But, but anyways, let's get back to, let's start with you, Dean. Um, how did you become a casual lifeguard? What, what, was the, what was the journey that got you to that? You're going to love this, Robin. So it is actually a really funny uh, story. So um, when I was younger, before, my, before I was 16, so, you know, 13, 14, um, I was the local kid that used to come into the leisure centre that the duty managers absolutely hated. Yeah. Oh. I, I was the kid that used to throw wet tissue paper on the ceilings, in lockers, you name it, I did it. Pretty much, yeah. And um, I remember this one day in particular. I can't remember what I did. Phil might remember what I did. But um, <laughs> I, I was getting changed in the cubicle, and Phil actually knocked on the door. I'd never met Phil at this time. Knocked on the cubicle door. He said, when you're changed, I want to see you in my office. So I thought, oh, am I going to get away with this? You know, there's, there's no windows that are open that I can jump out and, and so forth. So, Okay, so hang on. I have to stop you. Yeah, so Phil was the manager of that facility, or duty manager? Phil was the duty manager. Yeah. yeah. He was the duty manager at the time. <laughs> so uh, I'm coming down the stairs thinking, oh, you know, I hope he ain't down there. I hope he ain't waiting for me. And I thought I just about got outside the exit and Phil was standing now with his arms crossed. Right, I want to have a word with you. <laughs> Come into my office. I want to call your mum and dad. And I thought, oh, no, here we go. So 
he pulled me into the office. He gave me a good telling off. He said, look, I'm not going to tell your mum and dad. I'm not going to phone them. Just stop giving us aggro. And um, I was like, right, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair cop. You don't tell my mum and dad and I'll, you know, you can have a peaceful life and, um, and stress-free life. Um, so anyway, a couple of years later, so I was just about turning 16, um, I attended the local judo club at, uh, at the sports centre. And as I walked through the door, I saw him and I thought, oh, no, I thought it's him that told me off. So he looked at me and he went, I know you. And I thought, oh, hey, how are you? Are you all right? I was like, I think you don't. I don't think you do. Um, he was like, you were that kid that used to give us ag. And he went, ever since you stopped doing that, we didn't really have any ag off you. So anyway, he said, um, what are you doing next week? And I thought, what? He said, what are you doing next week? I went, nothing. He went, are you 16? I went, yeah. And he went, go on a lifeguard course next week. He went, I want you on it because I want you working for the team. And that's how it kind of it kind of went, didn't it? Yeah, bloody you, hell. You, you kind of wanted to put me on a right straight and narrow and, um, and, I, that, and I wanted, look at me. Yeah, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to actually punish him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he was the actual lifeguard that was getting aggro from the little likes in the, around the area. Yeah. You wanted to own him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then I started as a casual. Um, so I passed my lifeguard course on a Friday and then literally started as a casual on the Monday. And um, I then went to go to college and I was doing a year's course at college. Um, and Phil used to ring me up all the time and be like, are you at college? I said, yep. Yeah. He went, if I come pick you up from the train station, can you come and do a couple of shifts? Or, you know, can you come work this afternoon? <laughs> and you did. You used to yeah. pick me up from the station um, and, uh, and and take me to work. So. My mum and dad thought I was at college. I wasn't. So I still got lunch money. And, uh, yeah, and that's how my career started. So, so Phil was kind of a mentor, basically, there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I always say that Phil, he's like my second dad, you know. Um, he's always there for me, whether it's you know, something to do with work or, or if it's personal life, you know. And we're best friends. Yeah, yeah. That's a great story. So, But, Phil, okay, before I ask you how you get into the business, you know, what, what was it? you saw and Dean I nearly said what attracted you to him but you know what I mean what what what, what was it you saw that you went right let's was it just you get so fed up with all this crap that you went this this lad could be okay if he waist up well it was definitely his eyes that attracted me <laughs> straight from the world yeah yeah um, I can see that yeah. <laughs> I tell you what it was it was just the way he is um he's he's always up to something he's he's a typical Dell boy and you know nothing's too much effort, um, and and people just gravitate towards him. People like him, and um, you know he, he's such a funny little chap because he's a little wee man. He's a tiny little fella, <laughs> a, a scrum half on the rugby pitch, really. You know, junior school yeah. maybe, um, <laughs> but um, no, he's just he, he's, he, you know that when he was on shift it was going to be a good day, you know, and, um, you know, he would just talk people into doing whatever you wanted him to. <laughs> yeah, whether they wanted to or not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's, he's, uh, he's a great lad. Really great. I think we've all got characters from back in the day when, you know, the ones, as you say, cause trouble. And I still laugh at some of the guys that I see walking around now, the family and kids. Yeah. And they were the ones that you just were constantly barring out of the center. Yeah. You just did your nuts. They were just up to no good. And it was it was always just a bit of fun. But it did get to you, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So 
So, right, how did you get into the game then? What uh, did somebody walk up to you in a cube? <laughs> oh, come on, I have a word for you. <laughs> um, well, actually, um, I was—I uh, I hadn't even thought of uh, the leisure industry. Um, I, uh, I was—I was working on building sites, uh, doing uh, uh, flat conversions, and um, I'd, uh, I had a couple of near misses uh, one particular year. And um, my, my sister-in-law at the time, she uh, she said. Um, you know, you know what, what were you doing? You know, what are you doing with your life? And and I was, I was in. I, I really hadn't an idea of what I wanted to do, or um, you know, where, where was my life going? I had no idea. And what age were you then? Sorry, what age were you then? I was uh, late twenties at the time. Yeah. So um, you know, I recently got divorced, and um, you know, and my sister-in-law worked at the local leisure center as a swimming instructor and uh, lifeguard. And uh, so, you know, they'd have parties and things like that. And all the, like these youngsters would be there and, and it was just mayhem most of the time. And, um, and she said, oh, there's a lifeguard course coming up. Do you, do, you, do you want me to put your name down for it? And I was like, do you know what? Let's just do it. You know, I was a fair swimmer and um, uh, a bit like what Dean said, you know, on the, on the Friday sort of passed my qualification and, you know, I was on the books by Monday, and it was just literally just a little bit of a bit of fun. You know, just a little bit of uh, spending money, and um, it, you know, within a I suppose within a month, I decided you know this is uh, something I, I I think I could make a career out of. Um, and I was really into fitness at the time, and it, everyone kind of knows that the lifeguard aspect is like your, your first foot in the door to something. Ultimately, uh, lifeguarding isn't a long term career. Um, so it's it's generally the uh, the introduction into leisure. So it's either through management or uh, coaching or something along those lines. And uh, and you know, I was, as as I mentioned, I was into fitness at the time, and uh, you know, I thought it'd be a great introduction into uh, into the into the fitness side of the uh, of the business. And um, I was fortunate enough to uh, to get a management post within a year. And um, so I kind of moved away from the pool environment for a, uh, a few years. And um, I went into a role where it was called senior duty manager. And uh, I was transferred to a local swimming pool. Um, so we've got two facilities in Castle Point. And at the time, it was pr- primarily just a pool. Uh, and a small club room to one side, which we used to run classes. And, um, and this is where Dean and I sort of cemented our relationship. Um, he was one of my uh, lifeguards at the time, and um, and I, I was in the process of making lots and lots of changes. I was going through Quest, and um, and Dean was was my my go to man. If I wanted to make any changes, I'd just convince Dean, and that would be it. It would be done. <laughs> and um, you know, we we learned a lot about each other in oh, those definitely. early days. Um, you know, I was very much a one for you know, if you've got an idea, come to me and see it. And um, and of course he would be like, yeah, come on in, Dean. And uh, he goes, I've got an idea, Phil. I go, yeah, all right, then run with it and see how far you go. And uh, then a week or so ago, passed on my door. I go, yes, Dean. He goes, I've got this project. This is the report. I had no intention <laughs> whatsoever in running, you know, going ahead with it. But what it was, it was teaching him how to formulate, how to do research. Mm. And uh, it was kind of, it was a bit cruel, but it was like, you know, I was trying to be kind to be cruel. 
uh, or Crawlsby kind of whatever yeah. it was. So, um, and and this is when I could see that Dean had this drive, and um, yeah, you could see why um, you know he he made a really good duty manager, and you know I allowed him to be my business partner. This is the kindest you've ever been to me, ever. That's been recorded. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I bet you're going, Dean, bloody hell, I didn't know any of this. Yes. Yeah, he's he's looking at me in shock at the moment. Yeah, exactly. So that was – so obviously, Dean, that was how you got your your move from lifeguard uh, up into a bit of management because uh, you did a good report for Phil and he gave you the chance to, to try something like that. That's it. Yeah, and it was Phil who actually gave me my duty manager break. So uh, a post come up, and uh, Phil said, "Want you to apply for it?" And I did. And the rest I is didn't history. Get it, but I still applied for it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing, Robin. Um, I actually said to Dean, "If a duty manager position comes up, you're, you're going to apply for it." And I said, I, "I really wanted him to, to, you know, to keep climbing that um, that ladder." And I said to him, "Even if it means..." you actually leave the organisation to get that post because, you know, it was a waste uh, where he was at the time. You know, he had he just had that duty manager role just written all over him. And, and did you have to move, Dean? No. No, I didn't. No, fortunately, I didn't. You, you, you were able to stay in Castle Point? That's it. Yeah, I did get the post. And, uh, and you're, you're yeah. blessed. I mean, one of the things I always say about lifeguard, whenever I was a lifeguard, I knew I had to move. Because it was dead man's shoes was the only way you were getting into somebody else's job was if they died, yeah, or yeah, or, yeah. or or sacked for something on you know despicable. And listen, yeah. there's a my pool where I started in 1983. There's two or three people still walking around that pool bank as lifeguards that were there oh. when I started. Wow. Um, and you know, I just think, my God, like how many times can you? You probably know every tile inside out. Yeah. <laughs> Even the thoughts of it. I mean, I only did like eighteen months in the deck, and that was that was tough going because um, yeah. it's a tough old job anyway. But I just was busting. I mean, I knew more than anybody. You know, there was just what does that guy know? <laughs> I was one of those characters. But I think yeah. um, you're 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 blessed in that you're able to stay in the same organisation. And it's interesting the number of people I talk to in these podcasts. You know, there's some guys have been in um, you know, up in Yorkshire, the same place for twenty five years, and just worked their way around and up all the way up and, and um, are happy and content and there's not a damn thing wrong with that. Um, no, no, no. Talking to a guy yesterday, GLL, he's been 19 years with GLL. Different rules, obviously. So there's no right and wrong. And that's what I love about this lifeguarding lark that, you know, that's, you just know, you never know where people will end up. And I, I was contacted last week by a guy who started as a lifeguard and went to Australia using his qualifications and, you know, now he's a policeman. You know, I'll have a chat with him because he's got a different story too. And and there's there's no two no two the same. But no. you're obviously a very good. You've you've got a very strong partnership work wise. I mean, you you must be quite intimidating actually when I think about it. You know, when we, to to um some of your management teams that you have to work with, you're obviously very strong together. And I'm sure they go bloody hell. How do we break these two down? You can't. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Enough said. Enough said. I, I think. I think the key. The key to it. It's like in any business. If if you've got a good. Um, if you've got a good employer, you know, you look after your employer, and your employer looks after you. Mm. And we've always been an advocate for that, haven't we? You know. Yeah. And I think that's. You know, we've got a very good relationship with. You know, our management, our senior management. 
uh, you know, the hierarchy of control in, in the actual organisation itself. So I think that's really key to enjoying the job, which is get on with all staff and all staff get on with you too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's about, I suppose, not having any back doors, not, not lying to anybody, just being up front all the time. Hundred yeah. percent, and that gets you a long way. I mean, yeah. we we when we first declared our business, we, you know, we, we said this is what we do, this is our envision, and this is what we're going to do. You know, we kind of got two options that we can take, which is one, you know, we can roll with it and also benefit the organisation. Um, you know, or two, we're, we're not going to put our life on hold um, in that kind of aspect for us to not start our own our own journey. It's um, certainly my business partner Paul. When we set this up. Uh, we made a little list of rules, you know, from on day one when we had no money and we were destitute and hadn't a clue how we were going to make things work. But I, I remember one of the rules was that as soon as this is no longer fun, we walk away. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's still fun. We still have a laugh every day. You know, you still, it still sometimes can be a bit of a pain in the ass, COVID and all the rest of it. And, when you sometimes when you're dealing with idiots doesn't help matters but you know, you have to keep smiling and and keep having fun and i think the day that that the fun stops is the day when you know you've lost the heart of your business really isn't it yeah i mean the funny part about what you've just said robin is is we're kind of exactly the same mm. um i mean our business you know we get in so many headaches trying to arrange dates around our existing employment um it does become a real headache and um you know, we, we both kind of said that there may have to come a time where we kind of need to knock on the head, you know, our existing employment. But we're comfortable doing what we're doing. We, we do our little side business for fun. We do it for a bit of extra pocket money. Um, you know, our main job pays our bills. It pays my mortgage, pays your mortgage. And yeah. we don't want to live day to day thinking, oh, we must get that job because that then needs to pay for my mortgage or that job then needs to pay for whatever. And the moment your thought process is, is kind of like that, as you've just said, you lose fun and you lose the energy, you lose the motivation, and all you're doing is just change, you know, chasing the next pound. And we don't want to do that. Yeah, I think that that's a very important um, role to establish, if you like, uh, that you, you know you've you, you know your parameters and what you're after. Because you know, if people start pushing you into, you know, you could be a big company and employ nine people. That just might be the worst thing you ever did because there's yeah. there's there's a niche for everything really in this market. It's a big enough industry to sounds like you've got good good quality training, etc. Uh, and if you provide that and people want you, well, they'll wait for you. And I, and I yeah. love I love being able to say to people sometimes, you know, when they go da 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 da, and this job's worth seventy thousand or whatever, and I'm going, well, do you know what? It's just actually we don't want to work with you because i don't agree with what you're going to do with us and it's like well you know we're 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 the ones with the big we're the ones with the money and we have the check and i'm going doesn't fit me it just doesn't fit with us that's very important to us to have a a bit of an an ethic if you like and and it sounds like you guys are very similar people people will wait for you if you're good enough they'll wait and you'll just say absolutely yeah and as i was saying you know we're getting such a headache trying to arrange dates and and, and things like that I, I only said to you a couple of months ago i said you know people are gonna have to actually start working around us now um as opposed to us working around you know the client it, it, it works both ways um you know I'll give you an example i had a message at five past eleven one night saying is there any chance you could come in at nine o'clock tomorrow to come and do this whatever it was mm-hmm. to um to my plant room and i was just like that's not how we roll anymore Whereas when we was first trying to get established, it was a different ball game. It was yeah. Oh, absolutely, so, absolutely. I mean, I'll I'll give you a quick laugh on this. I I used to fly a lot, not so much now. But 
um, it must have been two Christmases ago. I was talking something to my wife about. I was going, I can't bloody believe these lot are making me to go to X Y. I'll not mention any places, but and uh, let's just say it was it was a good contract. It was for five or six pools to do at once, you know. And I'm wow. giving off. And um, she said to me, she says, um, I seem to remember you uh, flying and or working your way up to Aberdeen for fifteen hundred quid. <laughs> when the business started and it's quite true things do change as you grow and it's about developing your own parameters and what's acceptable and what's not and i think you guys have seemed to be doing a, a, a pretty remarkable job there and, and shaping it the way you want it to keep the fun in it and keep your your links with castle point yeah absolutely yeah and we've all got social lives you know phil's got a family at home um i've got a six-month-old boy so it's again it's, it's trying to keep everything together really it's a juggle it's a juggle. It is a juggle, and it will always be a juggle. But... Certainly, with, certainly with the sixth month. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, taller than me. Been there, done that. Worn the t-shirt. Don't want to do it again. <laughs> it's it's much easier. My two boys are lifeguards, now casual lifeguards. So, seen more people drown than any other child on the planet. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But listen, lads, it's um we might I'll wind this up now. It's been a, a it's been great actually to get to know you before I've actually seen you in, in the flesh, met you in the flesh. You seem to have your heads well screwed on. Got a nice little business running there. Um yeah. a great friendship, which I think is key to what the success of what you're doing. Um and, and obviously a very obliging employer. So yes. yeah. 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 I it just remains for me to say, listen, thanks very much. It's thanks been a pleasure. Yeah. And uh We'll talk to you real soon. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, perfect. All the best, lads. Yeah, you take care. All the best. Bye, bye. Bye, bye.